Now I am so in for some good cheese. Let me just take off this mask. I just came out of a, a store. Uh, it's actually a, a cheese store, but as a side business, this is also where you can get your um, DHL and uh, post packages. So normally when I order something on Amazon, I, uh, I don't have it delivered to my, to my rectory, to the house, because I'm not always there. Or maybe I'm, I'm in the middle of a, of a podcast recording or YouTube or whatever, or even mass. And uh, it's always annoying these, these uh, uh, delivery services always arrive when I'm, I'm not available. And so thankfully, just uh, one street away from where I live, there is this uh, cheese store <laughs> where I pick up all my packages. And, um, oh, wait a minute, my, the, my <laughs> headphone cord is now entangled with my, with my mask. We're still in, in a lockdown here in the Netherlands. And uh, uh, the Omicron virus has not really slowed down on the contrary oh well anyway i'll just leave the, the mask it's now hanging from my uh from my recorder uh it's it's only getting uh worse in terms of number of uh, uh contaminations thankfully thankfully it's not immediately uh, a problem yet in the hospitals but everybody's still very careful. I, I assume that in where you live, it's the same. So that's why I was wearing this mask. Um, and I picked up uh, another lens. This is uh, the same lens that I'm using now for uh, the streams when I'm uh, recording my YouTube videos. Um, and I wanted to have another one of these lenses because I've got two Canon cameras that I use for streaming, but they're in different rooms. And so, until now, I had to swap the lenses back and forth, which is very inconvenient. And uh, since I have two cameras, why not just pick up another lens? And this is actually a second-hand one. Um, so it's a lens that has been sent back to Amazon. Usually there's a little bit of... It could be a scratch or something, not on the lens itself, but on the casing. Or sometimes it's not nothing. You don't even see what's wrong with it. Just someone decided to, to send it back and so they can't sell it as new. Which in this case was uh, um, a, a difference of a hundred euros for the same lens. A hundred euros just because there apparently is a little bit of a scratch. I'm gonna uh, bring this to the rectory. Let me open the door and then I'll continue my walk with you. The sun is shining, which is really nice. And of course, a little bit of sunshine on the skin is good for vitamin D production, which in turn will also uh, give me more energy. How did I, oh, I see what I did. Hold on, I'm just gonna <laughs> take this mask off. All right, that's what you get with these uh, wired headphones. I still prefer them over Bluetooth headphones because no batteries. But especially the Apple ones have a tendency to always uh, get tangled up. All right. Do I have the key before I close the door? That's always my fear. Like I close the door and with a slam and then I... Re oh, th there you go. You see? I, I put the key next to the, <laughs> to the lens, to the Amazon package. 
And if I close the door, no one else has this key. Um, the other day I brought uh, a spare key to Father Henry. And I told him, you know, in case I ever walk out of the house and I close the door behind me, at least someone should have a, a spare key. And let me take a look. No mail today. Um, and then that very same day, or the, actually the next day, I had to pick it up again because I, um, I had to bring my car to the uh, for its annual inspection, and uh, uh, I forgot that I had the, <laughs> the front door key hanging from the, the keychain that also has my car key. So for a number of days, I didn't have my own front door key because it was at the garage. Thankfully, by the way, car is has been approved they did have to repair uh, some stuff so um it's starting to rust so the uh undercarriage or whatever the underside of the car apparently had some some flaws and they had to uh uh solder or however you call that a a new steel bar on on the bottom of the car so it's it's really you don't see it at all it looks really new um but apparently, this is the well. The, the, this this car is twenty years old now, and it's been really fantastic. It, I didn't buy it myself; it was a gift from a parishioner of mine who uh, who, who did, did. He was old, was getting older, and uh, didn't feel safe driving himself anymore. And so he knew that I was uh, running around for filming and always uh, took public transport for that. And so he said, I've got this car, I don't use it anymore. Do you wanna do you wanna have it? It's a Ford Fiesta. Um, so as I said, 20 years old. It was already pretty old when he gave it to me, but nevertheless, it's a you know, it's a free car. Or at least more or less free, because these cars are always very expensive in maintenance and fuel, of course, fuel prices are very high here in the Netherlands. And um and also uh, insurance, taxes. So in total, the car is is a pretty big expense every month. So I'm thinking if ever this car is not going to be approved anymore for uh, driving on public roads, I'll probably just do away with, with the car altogether. Um, since right now I don't really have the same work anymore that I used to have, uh, most of the parish locations I can do by bike which may not be that pleasant when it's raining or stormy weather, but that's pretty rare if you look at the total uh, amount of Sundays in the year. It's just these few where it's raining a little bit. So, um, and and I don't have to go to all these different corners of the country this year to film for Dutch TV because, well, that is no longer part of my uh, my weekly work, which, by the way, is really i have to say uh, liberating in a certain way to it I, i've noticed that since i don't have that pressure anymore of like coming up with new topics and do all the pre it's not just the filming and the editing it's also the preparation and coming up with a good story every week only now that i don't have to do that i realize um how much energy it took and how much energy i have available to come up with uh, with some new ideas, so that is really cool, um, and I'm I'm getting more and more excited about this new year. I've been working uh, recently on um, 
on refocusing the, the YouTube channel, uh, which I use for almost anything, as you may have seen. So it's uh, part of it is my reactions to trailers for movies, and some of it is Star Wars commentary, but I also stream mass on the same channel. I've got my video game streams, and it's, it's like a total mess, basically. And since I'm also studying every day a little bit, uh, about optimization of channels and how to reach larger audiences. Um, you have to keep in mind that this is also this is this part of my formation. I've been trained in in uh, Rome when I was studying at the Gregorian University in social communications and uh, mass media uh, or media outreach. All those aspects were very much part of the curriculum, and it's something you cannot just learn once and then you know it forever the principles yes but the media landscape is changing so rapidly and well you know that from experience how how quickly one platform is uh, replaced by another one or a younger generation flocks to a different platform who who had heard of tiktok five years ago (laughs) we all thought that facebook and instagram that was the place to be and it has shifted so rapidly and we're usually lagging behind unless you study these new developments and and learn and teach yourself how to to, uh, take advantage of that and 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 then oftentimes a different platform also means a different approach and so for me right now i'm using these new weeks where i have more time uh, to reflect on the work that i do Um, and also what is the best way to grow this in uh, in this year because now it's going to be my main focus uh, it's it's yeah, i'll have to somehow uh, also generate my income through uh youtube and uh video production for you know other parties and, and dutch tv but i'm not saying that i'm not making any programs for dutch tv on the contrary i think um, i was very uh, happy to see that my last few episodes have been doing extremely well. So I did a like a Christmas episode or two actually uh, with footage from Rome. Those broke all records, especially the second one. I think I had about 180,000 people watching this, which is unheard of for my show. And then the next one was um, a... Uh, they're doing reruns now until they have developed this new program that will start in April... So the first rerun was uh, the first part of a series that I filmed in China on a journey with my mom, and that one also went over 100,000. So I was like, wow, (laughs) that is very comforting, Um, and also gives me, um, I think, good reasons to think that there is still uh, an opportunity for me to uh, make documentaries in the same vein, since it's obviously... Uh, works for an audience and that is always important in public media it has to work of course there needs to be an audience for it and so with social media and youtube you can take your time to find an audience and sometimes programs will amass an audience over time which i think is very exciting you can do stuff that may seem very niche uh, if you would put that on on public TV, nobody would watch it because it's just such a small area of interest. But over time, especially on YouTube, the, a lot of these niches that you cater to 
are worldwide huge. We're talking about millions of people. Think of Star Wars. You know, for a lot of my, let's say, Dutch viewers that are accustomed to seeing me in in a, uh, let's say, Catholic context, they would absolutely switch off like five seconds after the start of a of a program about about Star Wars. But on on YouTube, this just keeps growing and growing and growing. I've seen the biggest growth in years on YouTube just because I have more time to focus on uh, on these niche audiences. It doesn't mean that I'm only going to do Star Wars. Uh, I'm also hoping to... Um, well, kind of revive what I used to do in podcasting, which is to give commentary. So that's that's what I found as my my genre. I do commentary on popular uh, stories, movies, or TV shows. Maybe occasionally a video game, but I'm always focusing on on the stories and on the character decisions because that is where I can insert um, the aspect of faith, and I can talk about. Um, parallel themes in the Bible, um, talk about what saints <laughs> did in their lives. There are always so many bridges that you can build, and I've done this since I started podcasting in 2005. So I'm so accustomed to doing that type of analy- uh, analysis, and it is pretty rare. That's another advantage of this. There are very few theologians that do this on YouTube. There are theologians that write about faith in books and stories or movie do movie reviews but very few of them have a uh, substantial audience on on youtube and that is why i'm so excited to be able to do this because no one else does this or very few people and um i can already tell from these two weeks that i've been focusing on the youtube two weeks is nothing but it is just going up and up and up i'm getting so many new uh, reactions of people that are excited, also people that are really excited to see a priest being knowledgeable about these kind of things and helping them. Uh, because my my thing is, uh, I'm not there to uh, to to convince anyone. I just, I'm not doing this as an intellectual sparring uh, session or anything. Um, but what I want to do is help people. You should always have an attitude of service, I think, in media. At least that works the best. So you can entertain, but that's many people are doing that way better than I do. But I can help to um, to deepen the understanding and the appreciation of people for the stories they already like. So I came up with a slogan of like, I'm going to help you love the stories that you already like. I'm going to help you love the movies that you already like. And that is how I do that. It's very simple. It's by showing where these stories come from and what the depth is often of, of the themes, whether it is in Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever. Um, and also, it's application. That's another thing that I'm very much trained in as a priest who has to uh, <laughs> come up with homilies every Sunday. It's, it's not just explaining something, where it comes from, and uh, showing parallels in the Bible. It's also, how does this apply to us? Why do we like this story or this theme? Because oftentimes it's something that we ourselves are having to deal with. And then finding a way to translate the story into basically life choices. That is, I think, 
what I can bring to the, to the table. And apparently, judging from the uh, reactions these two weeks, um, it works. It just works, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, that's what I, what you hope, but you never know, of course, if it's going to work. And of course, you also don't really know if the algorithm is going to um, to understand what you're trying to do. More about that later on in the part uh, of this walk that I record for my patrons. Uh, my patrons are basically the investors in my mission, uh, collaborators in a certain way, by through their monthly donations, small or, or, or a little bit more. Um, they help me realize, and so uh, after each walk that I do, I always go an extra mile, literally, I walk an extra mile for my closest collaborators, so the patrons, they get to listen to that podcast. And if you're interested in that, it's oftentimes it's still I'm talking about, you know, plans or um, uh, things that I don't think I can share yet publicly. And so I put that in the patron feed. If, if you become a patron, then you get one feed that I can put any podcast in. And so I've already got a whole number of shows that I've posted there uh, that are not available on, you know, in, for the general public. Like uh, I do Father Roderick to the Max, which is very similar to the show that I normally... Let me see, I'm here in Crossroads in the Woods, and it's, it's mud everywhere. So I'm just going to head forward because that seems to be the biggest path and the least amount of mud and uh maybe there there could be some dogs there in out in the open there's a this nice open space in the woods and uh it's uh it's usually where they let loose uh they let go of the dogs and they race around barking at everything um so the uh, we've got Father Roderick to the Max. It's a general informational show, and uh, with different topics than I than on my regular weekly podcast. I have uh, uh, this one, the Extra Mile, or well, not this one, but the sequel to this one, so the Extra Mile that I walk every week. Um, and then I added uh, yet another show, which is. It's not really a show, but it's the audio version of the weekly homilies that I do. So I, I stream this Mass every Sunday, um, and on every solemnity, um, I try to do an extra stream. And this is for people that are unable to go to church, for whatever reason. And I usually, my homily is usually uh, based on, well, obviously, the Gospel, but it's also... Um, I try to, to explain it in the language of geeks. Wow, that is a white dog that is white. The upper half of his body is white and the underside is completely dark gray because he's been running around in the mud. For a moment, I thought that he was going to jump up to me. Oh, wow, look at that beautiful, beautiful sun here. Um, so the, the sun is already setting. It's still winter. And then you have this big tree here in the middle of this open space. I always think it's gorgeous how the beams of the sun are shining through the kind of the haze that, surround, that surrounds this tree. Uh, couldn't keep myself from taking a photo. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the homily uh, usually starts with something uh, seen from a Harry Potter series, movie, or something from Star Wars. Hey, hey, doggy. Hey, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> He's like super excited. But no, I don't have time to play with you. <laughs> wow, such a small dog, so much energy. I'm jealous. <laughs> and so uh, the, uh, the the homily, I think, is uh, pretty timeless. Of course, I always take the readings, the Bible readings of that particular Sunday, but I always try to put it in a broader perspective. And so uh, a, a number of uh, followers have been asking me, could you could you maybe repost just the audio of the homily? Because um, I, I just go to my local parish, but I still am, am interested in your homily. Um, but I, if I have to go to YouTube and scroll through the entire recording, you know, it's just a hassle. And, and then it's video, so it's not something you can listen to when you're on your way to work or, you know, doing chores in the house. So an audio, like a podcast version of the homily would be great. So, you know, your wish is my command. I did that. So I added um, what I call the gospel for geeks. And that is a weekly, weekly audio version of the, of the homily. I hope it, uh, it works. And so anyway, that is, um, that's kind of the, the things that have kept me busy this uh, past, these past two, two weeks, these first two weeks of, uh, of January. And there is also something personal that I'm working on that I wanted to share with you. And that is an effort that I that I'm undertaking to um to overcome a fear. And I discovered this fear um in uh through two two tools basically. Uh it was the journaling that I do every day and I'm uh I'm getting much better at journaling. I'm I'm, I'm using all these great templates. So now I'm uh, following a template that's called the Five Second Journal. So it is uh, developed by um, a productivity expert. Uh, she has a YouTube channel in, w- in which she explains her method of getting people to be more productive, focus more, and she also has this this journal that she developed. Where very I love it because it's so such a great tool to focus on. Uh, well, what I also explained earlier on in one of these episodes, the the frog. You know, eat the frog, the biggest frog first. So it's all about what is your biggest priority, and only pick one, and a, maybe a side task. But if you focus every day on one big project, you'll make much more progress than if your time gets divided up between all these tiny little things that in the end ultimately really don't make a difference and so this journal helps me to to describe that also love that it starts with a question you know how are you how how do you feel and you can just say well i'm just depleted or i'm fine or i'm good i'm feeling fantastic and there's always a second question why is that why do you feel like that and what can you do to improve your energy levels and so it forces you to not only feel or become aware of what your energy levels are, but it also helps you to find a solution to maybe low energy uh, days. And it's so simple, but it works. I, I, I write that every morning and then I try to find little things that can help. Like sometimes it's just, you know, let's play some music that is upbeat and and gets me in a good mood and it it helps it's amazing um 
And then also it asks you to, to say, for, you know, what is your biggest project? What is the one thing that you're going to work on today, the, what I call the frog? And why is that important that you do that? Again, it's something you already know. It's something that you could also you know, reflect upon in a general sense. But having to write down every day, I'm going to do this first because this is why this is important. You add a motivator to your actions, right? So it, it is immediately gives you a reason to start with that head on. And it's these little questions like that. It's literally a matter of two minutes and then I know exactly what my focus is going to be every day. So it's called the five second um, journal and it's actually, uh, I think she also sells it as a uh, just a paper version um, but I just uh, found well, on her website she actually shows you the PDF of, uh, of the journal and I just copied the questions into, um, into day one which uh, is the tool or the app that I'm using to, uh, to journal. Um, so by journaling, by answering these questions on a daily basis, I started to discover there was something holding me back, because that's also one of these things you, you're forced to think about. You know, what's, what's blocking me to do this important thing? Why can't I eat this big frog? <laughs> and I discovered that basically one of the things that I've always mislabeled as perfectionism or... Um, analysis paralysis that actually the, the underlying reason for me not not daring to post more especially on youtube strangely enough is it's just fear it's fear of not being good enough and and so i, I was thinking a lot yeah, how can i break that and and why do i have that in certain aspects and and not in other dimensions of my life so that was a, a bit of soul-searching um, that I did at the beginning of the year. And I think I, I think I found what's going on, and I also think I know how to uh, combat that. So it's to just give you an idea. Um, I, I want to focus more on the YouTube channel. I want to grow it, and I know that one of the most important things, and this is also true for podcasting, um, I know that since forever, consistency is key. So it doesn't really matter if the show itself is perfect. On the contrary, sometimes if things go wrong, it might even be good for you. It's weird. Like the other day I was streaming Mass. And as you know, it's, I still do that at home. We haven't been able to mount the cameras in the church. That will probably still take weeks, if not months, before we can stream from the church. But I created this very small studio chapel in my former bedroom and... But it's, it's super tiny, and I have everything hooked up through USB. There's a small laptop on the altar itself that I try to not get too much in view of the camera. So it's everything is like millimeter by millimeter. I, I got to move everything in place so, so it, the image is acceptable. And then um, I tripped over one of those USB wires, and the camera almost launched you know almost fell on the ground and the tripod thankfully was strong enough but i did bend and destroy partially destroyed the usb cable itself it was one of the longer cables that i had but apparently not long enough and so now it doesn't work anymore and thankfully the usb port on the camera itself was intact so thank goodness because 
that that is a very important camera for me, especially now that I've bought this second lens. Uh, you don't want to have a lens for a camera that you can't use anymore for streaming. So thankfully that is okay. But, but the fact that that went wrong, um, I think, was was a good moment for the people that were waiting and made them realize, well, wait a minute, this is actually... It looks easy, but it is complicated. You know, we need to figure out ways to help Father Roderick to do this better. Can we send you longer cables? That was one of the questions that I got from someone. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the the consistency of, of putting out podcasts every week, and you know yourself, if, if there is a week, or sometimes, you know, especially last year with all the renovation stuff and other stuff happening in my life, I sometimes just clearly missed the beat, uh, beat and there uh, sometimes there were times like two or three weeks without podcasts and people started to really miss that you know where where is the podcast and so if you want to grow especially on a volatile very fast moving pro uh, platform as youtube you need to be there for your audience every single time it doesn't really matter if it's uh, once a week or twice a week or every day or sometimes on TikTok, it's like three times a day. As long as you show up uh, consistently, your audience will grow. And so for, um, for podcasting, it's not really a problem. But I've noticed that if I haven't done any shows for a while, I have a very hard time getting started again. And it is by just starting that I get into the groove and, you know... It's effortlessly. It's very strange that for me the motive, the 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 energy is actually not strange. That's how our brain works. Um, it's not the motivation per se that is helping me to to be consistent and to uh, make new shows or content. It is you have to begin. You have to overcome that first initial fear of just putting yourself out there even if your preparation hasn't been optimal um there is i know from experience that there's always something to talk about and for uh, many of the things that i do it's not a problem especially this this show the walk i love just going outside and even if i don't prepare anything there's always something (laughs) that i can talk about and um for for YouTube, I noticed that that is not the case. On the contrary, I was literally sometimes paralyzed, um, knowing very well that I had to do something, for instance, like react to a trailer or anything. And I would spend like an entire day setting up the camera and the lights and then uh, queuing up the trailer. And then ultimately, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. This is not going to work. And I just, or I'm going to, to do it tomorrow and then the next day I'll do it uh, by the end of the week and then of course sometimes I ultimately end up recording a reaction to the trailer but it's no longer that interesting anymore because people have been watching other YouTubers react to the trailer so it's the the audience doesn't grow and it's just the, the, the existing audience that will may watch it so I was wondering, why is it that on YouTube, I cannot, uh, I cannot overcome my fear of, basically his fear of failing, of course. Where does that come from? And I think it is because on YouTube, I'm still learning. And 
it's it's a it's a medium that is very hard to master. It's easy to begin because it's free, and you know, any everyone has a camera on their cell phone. But it is very hard to become successful on YouTube because it's a worldwide uh, platform with so much talent. And so, how do you stand out? How do you find your audience? Um, it's you know, it's quite something. Um, and because I'm still studying how to do that best, I tend to watch a lot of other YouTubers and comparing myself subconsciously with, with their output. And I'm often so impressed. I have the same, the same uh, I, feel, I experience the same threshold when it comes to TikTok. I'm, I'm so impressed by all these younger <laughs> TikTokers that are just posting one video after another and it's all so interesting and they're super talented. And then I, I think about myself and I was like, well, what can I add to the table? I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm way too, I don't know. I feel like I need to prepare more. And so I get, that's where ultimately this, this uh, analysis paralysis, I watch so many t- tutorials that ultimately I end up being paralyzed by all that data and I feel like, oh my gosh, if I have to think about all that, I'm just going to give up on the whole platform, which would be a shame because that's not what I'm supposed to do. I have to be there where the people are. And if the people are on TikTok, well, as a, a potential shepherd of that flock, I need to be there. Otherwise, how can I tend to that flock? So I have to somehow overcome that fear um, of not being good enough by... Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, but, but, but I need to get to that level of consistency. But then, of course, the, the, block, the blockage itself is, uh, is something that I first need to solve. Why am I, uh, when I compare myself to all these other creators, why do I feel like I'm not good enough? And why is that not a problem, for instance, when I have to preach or do public speaking. It's crazy. When you can put me in front of a stadium with a with ten thousand people, and without preparation, I would feel totally at ease doing a, like a one hour talk. And I've actually I've done that. I remember that one time on I was at the World Youth Day, and they had invited me to do a talk for in a huge theater, and I must have been well at least. Five to eight thousand people. It was just one of those huge, massive audiences. I felt like a, I was in a, you know, a podium for a rock concert or something like that. And since I was sleeping in a, in a, a gym hall and had no, you know, paper with me or computer or anything, I just couldn't prepare. But it was not a problem. I just stepped in front of that audience, said a little prayer, you know, give me the, the right words to say, and without a hitch, could just talk for, for half an hour, and they had to basically stop me uh, from talking. So uh, homily, same thing. Uh, on Sundays, of course, I have to preach um, tw- twice, and it's two different homilies. I have to uh, um, prepare a homily for uh, the you know, Dutch parishioners of Father Henry's parish. But then I do a totally different homily when I'm streaming Mass and I have to integrate all these geek elements. Do you think that I'm sitting down for two days preparing all that? No. Very often I have like maybe one idea and I I just know that this is my thing. I just start 
preaching and a homily comes out and oftentimes I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that I, <laughs> that I would come up with that. And it's, it's not just sometimes that that happens, it's every single time for the last 15 years that I've been preaching like that. So I'm totally at ease. And I think it is because I've been doing it so often. It's not because I'm particularly good at it. It's just a training of, of quick uh, association. Like, I, you give me two words and I can tell a story about it. Because I've been doing that for so long. With YouTube and TikTok and all these other newer platforms, it's, it's new and I haven't done it before. I've done, well, I've been on YouTube for many years. But it was always a bit off and on and it was, has never had my full focus. And so I still feel like I'm a novice there. Uh, whereas if you tell me you just go make a documentary, sure, I have, I've done that before. So in a certain way, I feel much more at ease with making documentaries than with these short form uh, videos. However, the, the key to overcoming that fear is not studying until you're, you know, <laughs> you're an expert. It's doing. It's just beginning. And then once you begin, it's just like a working out. You know, uh, in the morning when you want to uh, uh, integrate some, in, uh, some physical exercise in your life, which at the beginning of this new year would be a very good re- New Year's resolution, oftentimes when the, the, the evening before you can tell yourself, oh, I'm going to run and it's going to be awesome and yeah, I'm going to wake up at 6 and then I'll be running at 6.30. And then you wake up at 6 and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I need coffee. Then you have that nice cup of warm uh, coffee and you look outside and it's raining and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do this today. I'll do it tomorrow. The thing is, no matter how tired you are, no matter what the weather is, if you decide to overcome that fear of, you know, failing or whatever... Just go out and do it. The energy will start to flow. This is how you get into that optimal state where, where you're, you're firing at all cylinders and actually the energy that you feel by working out in the morning will carry you through the entire day. That is just... It's not because you're so good at physical exercise. It is because you just started. And energy flows from it. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the, the stronger you get. And exactly the same process, I think, is applicable to, to uh, uh, YouTube production. And so these, this past week, I've been trying that out. So I set up this, uh, uh, the camera and, and some audio. You need, of course, to have uh, some, some parameters need to be in place. And I try to make that as easy as possible to operate so you just you don't want to hassle too much with with technology before you're doing something creative because then you spend your energy before you even start uh your your program or your video and so it has already used up some of that energy so i did spend some time making it a a secondary set so i've got my bigger studio which i use for the podcasting streams and then I've got a very small office which is really much smaller than it looks on camera uh, but thanks to these lenses that I now have you get that nice blurry background I installed some lamps I have these IKEA uh, trot free lens uh, what is it lights 
that I can change the color off and I can uh, make sure that the lights above me are perfect for and are a match for the other lights that I use. So all that is in place. And then I forced myself to just start recording, just start talking. And yes, I did do some preparation for the, for the analysis. I do have some talking points. But it's, I, beforehand, like before I started doing that, I told myself, but all these other YouTubers, they have these amazing concise videos about, about Star Wars and it's illustrated with videos. Oh, wow, what, what is this? I don't think I've ever been in this part of the of the forest. That looks like a a nice building. Oh, it's a private territory. Born state. Hermon. I wish you could see what the building looks like. It's got a nice nice arched porch. But uh yeah. It's not for not for the general public. So I'll just go the other way. Ooh, it's getting cold. <laughs> I'm holding my my um, talking points here in my left hand, and my my uh, recorder is in my right hand. So my my fingers are starting to stiffen up. Anyway, um, the a lot of the, the the other Star Wars YouTubers that have massive audiences, and we're talking about a hundred thousand views, like the day after they post a video. And I'm thinking, you know what? That's my goal. I want to be one of them. Uh, if they can reach an audience of 100,000 Star Wars fans, that same audience could be mine. Because I have my own unique uh, insight into Star Wars and other movies. I can bring that to the table. I think it would absolutely appeal to that, that same audience. But <laughs> they've been working sometimes for years to get there. So now it's my turn. But having to... Um, stop compare, comparing myself with these experienced YouTubers that may actually have an entire crew editing those videos. You know, they, it's so well done and it's, it's really entertaining to look at. And I was thinking, you know, what, I should do that too. And in the past, I've tried to sometimes take a snippet of my podcast and then add uh, visual layers to it and do fancy stuff. And all that just made it so hard. And sometimes it would take me an entire day to make a video, and then I posted it, and nobody watched it. And so I gave up on that. And But it's this fear of, like, I'm not good. What I do is not good enough. And so now I'm like, well, back with it. I'm just going to talk about Star Wars because I love it. And I'm going to focus not on the perfection of the video itself. I'm not going to do fancy stuff with overlays and, and, and screen grabs and videos. Uh, there's another reason I don't want to do that because, of course, all the Star Wars visual material is copyrighted. If I would use any music or even a small snippet of one of those episodes, um, I won't be able to monetize the video anymore because it would be immediately claimed by Disney. And that happens also often with the um, trailers that I react to. Like, some Lucasfilm, Disney, they're pretty much okay. Marvel, that's... Uh, they don't put a copyright claim on that uh, on their on their trailers, which actually makes sense because it's free publicity for them if YouTubers react. But then you've got Warner. Warner is the worst. Um, Paramount is also terrible. Anything Star Trek. I think if you even say 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 the name Star Trek, uh, it'll all already flag your video like oh this has copyrighted content and now all the all the proceeds of your uh, advertisement go to us. And 
anyway, so there there are also, I think, good reasons, uh, commercial reasons, not to include um, footage from from the movies that I comment upon. But it's mostly just it's why would I? If people want to listen to me, they're not going to uh, watch my commentary just because it's such a fancy video. It looks fine, but they want to listen to what I have to say and to, the, to my particular perspective. That is why they watch. And so that's what I did. I just sat down twice this week, past week to record long-form commentaries. And lo and behold, the numbers started to rise and the algorithm started to work. And I've noticed that the second video that I made about Star Wars was much easier than the first one. And I thought, oh, do you, know, you know what? I'm just going to do 10 minutes. I have some, I'm going to react to some of the comments and then I'll just wrap it up quickly and that'll be good enough. So I'm aiming for, you know, 7 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. Um, and then I ended up talking for 1 hour and 20 minutes. It's insane. And it's way too long, of course. But it was another... Uh, it was other. It was more evidence that you just have to start, and and it will flow. And and that is I, I, that's my big lesson now. And I'm I'm very encouraged by the the uh, the immediate uptick in in visitors and, and viewers and subscribers, which is the most important one, of course. People that want to follow my channel also in the future. I'm so encouraged by this that I'm thinking, you know what, now that I have everything set up, I'm just going to do this consistently over the next couple of weeks. And in a way, the new Boba Fett series is good training because it's very focused. It's a story that really appeals to me. I've got a lot to say about it. And uh, so on the level of, is this going to work? I have no worries. There is an audience for that. And I'm pretty sure that the more I do this, the more the algorithm will start to see, oh, hey, wait a minute, this channel is interesting for Star Wars fans. And hopefully it will put me in contact with those hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of people that watch the other Star Wars YouTubers. And one other thing that I discovered is um, long form and short form are very different animals. In fact, the long form that I do uh, like, for instance, this uh, walk. If I would film this, uh, nobody w would watch it. And uh, uh, YouTube would not be able to, to, to uh, distribute the video. Because long form is, is terrible. That's, that's why podcasting is so different from, from YouTube. And I don't think that as a YouTuber, if you have a podcast, I would not, never put that on your main channel. I do that. I still did that until last week. And I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stream the podcast streams to the patrons. I'm not going to put that on my YouTube channel because it is content that the algorithm cannot handle. Instead, with Star Wars, what I'm going to do is instead of filming one big commentary, I'm going to just record small segments. I'm just going to use the various themes and then I can release... I can all record that in one day. So it's very efficient. Could just do batch production. But then I can release every day one thematic video about the episode. And I think that that will work so much better than what I've been doing now. And I'm already happy with the results so far with the long-form stuff. Let alone if I focus even more with the short-form. 
Um, so, but this, it was such an interesting experience to realize that this fear of not being good enough um, just melted away once I just did it. And the one thing that I didn't take into account, and that is vital, is um, you can grow with your audience. Nobody, that's what I love about social media. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like in television, you have so many quality control moments in the journey. You have to first get approval for the series. You have to get approval for the, uh, the various topics. Um, you need to oftentimes get uh, permission of the people that you want to interview, etc., <laughs> etc. Et and then after, after you filmed it and edited it, you get another editor that will go through the entire episode and sometimes make drastic changes. Um, and so the ultimate product has to be as perfect as possible because it's TV. And we tell ourselves that that is necessary for TV. Now, I'm all about quality. I think it's... A, I always strive to make really beautiful programs, not just interesting, but also beautiful to look at. But it is also... Uh, it's kind of a shame that the audience never realizes how much work goes into those episodes. And there is something to say about new media, newer media, um, to involve the audience in, um, in, in your own personal growth as a program maker, as a storyteller. I've been doing that lately much more with the Patreon audience. For instance, with the, you know, the extra mile that I'm about to walk... Um, I'm, I try to involve them in the process. I try to tell them what's going on in my, in my personal life, but also how I'm developing the things that I do, my thought process. And I ask them in the... That's one of the things I love about Discord. And if you are a patron and you have no access yet to Discord, make sure to make give yourself i think you can go to patreon and create your own discord name and we'll we'll grant you access to the discord server because it's the place where i always ask the questions what do you want me to do what do you think about this or that um and and the discord community which consists of patrons um oftentimes gives me ideas that i didn't i couldn't come up with myself and so it's more and more something that that i think strengthens that, that feeling of we're making this as a community and that is super cool and I think if if you could do that with a parish how fantastic would that be how much solutions how many solutions would you find that otherwise if everything depends on the pastor and the priest and the, the pastoral team and or the bishop you know how many opportunities do we miss because that's just a few people but the Holy Spirit works in everyone and so there is, I think, a lot to say for um, a church, and that's maybe because the, one of the reasons that Pope Francis now has initiated this synodal process, he wants people to talk with one another and to reflect together on the future of, of the church because the Holy Spirit wants to work through all of us. Everyone can is, is a ba- basically a living member of the church, and it's very strange that when it comes to decisions... We always think that it's just the head, you know, the people in charge, the top of the food chain. And that does not always yield the best results. So that is just to broaden the scope of what I 
been trying to share with you in this uh, in this episode. Um, for me, it's not just learning how to overcome my fear. Um, it's not just training this creative muscle by just beginning and getting stronger and better. But it is also, for me, uh, a challenge to accept that I am not there yet. And that I can grow, but that I can grow much faster and reach more goals if I involve my own community in the creative process. And so... Uh, Star Wars is kind of my, my training <laughs> right now. Um, and, and that's going to be, still be, uh, what is it, six weeks or something like that. And then hopefully I can uh, use that knowledge and experience to, to do that even more in, uh, in the future on, on, on the YouTube channel, but also with all the other creative endeavors that I'm going to undertake. So that's what I wanted to share with you. Thank you so much. If this resonates with you, by all means, let me know your experiences in the comments. Um, and if you uh, want to listen to the extra mile that I'm now going to walk, it's so cold and the sun is going down, so I'm going to keep it at one mile. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, the documentaries that I am going to make this year. Um, but since that's all still in the planning phase, that's something I want to discuss with my patrons. But if you want to be part of that patron community and, and of this communal effort to, you know, get better at, at reaching people with the stories that we want to tell, then just go to, uh, well, you know that, patreon.com slash fatherodrick, and you'll get immediately a whole slew of podcasts, extra podcasts for free. <laughs> So just check it out, and uh, and even if you have no plans of becoming a patron or you don't have the means, don't worry about it. I'm so thankful that you're part of this audience. You take the time to listen to me on these walks. Thank you for walking with me this week. May God bless you, and we will talk soon. Take care. <laughs>